Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. Hello, world. How you guys doing tonight? And we have a very special guest on, Bearcats legend, Cincinnati legend, also played in the NFL, Tony Pike. Tony, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me. Yes, sir. And, uh, let them know also where they can find your stuff at as well. I'm in Delhi right now, uh, ESPN 1530. I got a show, Cincy 360. Uh, it's an hour of sports right at lunchtime, which normally is good. Right now, when no sports are being played, it can be a little testy to figure out what to talk about for an hour. But thankfully, uh, we have a, a ton of Bengals stuff. We've got a uh, good stuff leading up to the draft. Outside of that, just doing some uh, some quarterback training, some Fox work, and, and the occasional uh, ESPN radio hits. How like I, I was curious to know that. Tell us about the quarterback training. Like, what is that like right now in this quarantine period? And then also uh, for the people that just don't know or anything like that, tell us a little bit about what do you do with the quarterback training? Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, when when my career ended in, in Carolina, it was due to uh, to nerve damage in my elbow. So I ended up having two uh, surgeries on my elbow. Ended up losing feeling uh, in in a couple of my fingers, which at the quarterback position made it pretty hard to to play. So uh, when I got out of uh, professional football, I decided, you know, what could I have done to help myself to not get to that level where my arm just kind of wore out on me? And, and what I learned was just the basics of quarterbacking is so much more than just your arm strength. It's it's your core, it's your lower body, it's your back leg. So I really dove into all of that and really the science of playing the position. And, and that's kind of where the quarterback training grew from. You know, I have a passion for football and I uh, was able to do so here in Cincinnati where I played college and I still live here. So it made it easy to transition. And luckily for me, uh, you know, when, when, when we're not on a quarantine or we're not in the shelter in place deal, I'm able to get receivers from the area. I got my, my youngest brother played football at Wake Forest as a tight end. So he comes mm-hmm. out and catches. Uh, but right now I'm still able to do some of this quarterback training and just be the receiver. So instead of being right next to the quarterback five yards away from him and we're just doing one-on-one situations that way unfortunately uh, with, with so many of the schools being closed right now the the hard part is finding a field to do this stuff uh, but we're getting it in as much as possible and uh, trying to make the, be- the the best of a uh, of a unique situation for a lot of these kids so what you're telling us is when joe burrow comes to town you could just <laughs> go ahead and grab the football and tell him get the hell out the way and let me show you how it's done youngster yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that like get in, get in now. Come to Cincinnati. You know, you, you can't get in work with the team right now. I'm right up the street. Let's make this happen. All right. So if if I get the opportunity, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely put that bug in uh, Absolutely. those ears. Absolutely. I feel like that's a perfect segue into the the man that everybody wants to talk about. And part of the reason I was so adamant about trying to get you on our show is. Overall, I, I could give you a million questions. Overall, what is your thought process going into the draft for the Bengals? The number one pick, Joe Burrow seems like a home run. Do you feel? Do you share that same sentiment? And if you don't, what do you think is a is a is a better plan? 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fully on board with the Joe Burrow sentiment. There, there's one, there's one thing in the back of your mind that just makes you question with Joe Burrow, and that's just what he had around him at LSU. I mean, this he's got a coach that is now uh, from college to an offensive coordinator in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers. Um, you had a great receiving core. You had a great running game. You had a great defense. And you're coming to a franchise now that, you know, laid out however you want. They won two games last year. Thrive being the leader of a very talented team. So can he make all the throws? Absolutely. Does he have the footwork? Absolutely. Does he have the decision-making? Absolutely. But if you look at what everyone talks about with Joe Burrow, what happened from his junior year to his senior year. And the research I've done is very simple. His junior year, um, they were in six or seven man protections, I believe over 70% of the time. His senior year, mm. 85% of their snaps were out of five man protection. So for Joe Burrow, Absolutely. that means more guys getting out on the pass route. That means he's able to spread the ball out more evenly. That translates great. He had 49 touchdown passes out of five man protection. He had 11 when six or seven men were protecting for him. So that's a substantial drop-off. So if you're looking at the draft, I love Joe Burrow, number one. But first things first, the offensive line needs to be shored up. That That's one of the – I mean, it just – You'd love to, to get a weapon for him to add to – Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. We're having like a little bit, a little bit of internet connection, like a little bit of stuff going on right now. But that that is one, two things added what you just told me. One thing is my argument, just playing devil's advocate, is that a lot of people do tell me that about like, okay, Joe Burrow had this amazing cast at LSU. I'm one of the believers that believe that Joe Burrow was one the guy that actually made those guys probably rise and rise to the occasion yeah. on, more, on more times than none. And I would then argue too, that the Bengals don't have chopped liver as far as like their weaponry as well. Correct. So that would be my, that'd be my first thing that I would say. But then when you do go into the five wide stuff, he's, there's no way he could run that day one right. in, with the Bengals. Right. So, so do you see him? Do you see him based based on what you saw from Zach Taylor this past year? Do you think that there's going to be a big learning curve going into that? I know that he he his ability to get out of the pocket, move around, uh, make things happen on the fly is always going to be there. But I always to tell Ace that I don't want him running for his life year one. Right. Well, this this is what Zach Taylor was brought in for, right? I mean, Zach Taylor. Taylor is a quarterback offensive guru. So there was a lot going on during that time at LSU when he first got there that put him behind the eight ball a little bit. So I'm with you on, look, he, he made those guys around him look great as well. The same point of that, though, I think starts on the offensive line. And if Zach Taylor wants to emulate any of that, at Cincinnati, they have to beef up the offensive line. And historically, as of late, they have not drafted well on the offensive line. We still don't know about Jonah Williams, uh, but you look at Billy Price, you look at Cedric Obwehi, guys like that, they need to shore up the line. But to your, you're 100% right. I'm getting A.J. Green. I'm getting Tyler Boyd. I'm getting John Ross. I'm going to have Joe Mixon in the backfield. If you could add one more piece to that, I mean, I, I, would, I would put that skill group, if they're all healthy and they stay healthy, 
against any skill group that, that's going to be in the AFC. So you definitely have those guys around them. But first things first, at the quarterback position, you don't want a young quarterback looking over his shoulder. You don't want right. him worrying about who's blocking for him. So if you want to see the best of Joe Burrow with Zach Taylor, that's going to include the offensive line. And it, it's a unique situation right now. We, we don't know when coaches are going to get one-on-one time with these players. And for a rookie quarterback, that puts the time frame back just a little bit. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Right, right, Tony. I appreciate that. I definitely feel the same in terms of the importance of that offensive line. Uh, We spoke a little bit about the LSU offense and Joe Burrow, the the change of them actually having him run the Saints offense. Do you think it would be more conducive for the Bengals and Zach Taylor to go with that? Or do you think that he would be a fit for the Rams offense that the Bengals have? Tony, you stare. You don't yeah, have that, that ability to adjust on the fly at the end of the day. So whether that is the New Orleans system, whether that's the Rams system, or whether that's a hybrid of both, the one thing I've seen through all of my football is the coaching staff that is willing to say, you know what, I'm not too proud to steal something from this offense. I'm not too proud to call LSU and talk about what made Joe Burrow so – Too many times coaches have that one-track mind of, you know what, this is how it's going to be because this is how I run it. Right. I want the coaching staff that says, look, we we need to meet with these coaches at LSU. Let's talk to these guys in New Orleans. Let's talk to McVeigh again. Out of the internet. The connection. No, nah, it, it kind of went, it, it went out for a second. Yeah, the internet. But I think what Tony was saying was essentially you do want to get someone like Zach Taylor to buy into the New Orleans Saints offense and definitely pick the brains of some of those guys down there in New Orleans. And I totally agree with them. Uh, I thought that it was a huge mistake for when they asked Zach Taylor about uh, possibly implementing some things that he did with Joe Burrow at LSU. He right. kind of said that 
they wanted to go with their own thing. So I, I thought that, that was a huge mistake. And I, I totally agree with Tony. Don't be too proud to we already know that Zach Taylor's an amazing coach and an amazing offensive mind. But I think you see a lot of quarterbacks that come in as rookies have a lot of success with offenses that tailor to what they did in college. You look at Lamar Jackson, you look at a lot of these guys out here, Cam Newton, his rookie year, we saw a lot of guys that had uh, offenses that tailored to what they did in college have a lot of success in the NFL. Well, you, you, the, the, the one you mentioned, the, the Baltimore Ravens, they changed everything. They had right. a drop back uh, pro style offense quarterback in Joe Flacco and they moved on and not only moved on, but they revamped their offensive line. They brought in multiple tight ends. They brought in Mark Ingram. They revamped everything around Lamar Jackson. Kansas City has revamped their skill set around Patrick Mahomes. This isn't just, hey, we're drafting Joe Burrow and this is how it is. Revamp your whole system. Whatever's going to make you the most successful with Joe Burrow, you have to be willing to do that. And for the organization, which we haven't seen in the past, you at least saw a little bit of that aggressiveness and free agency, making some different moves. Maybe that finally translates upcoming here to, to surround Joe Burrow with the best. So, Tony, just so you know, we got a couple of uh, Bearcat fans in the chat, and they wanted us to ask you about the 2009 Bearcats team. Obviously, you had Travis Kelsey on that team. You also had Armand Benz and Pete. You also had Marty Gilliard, as I remember yeah. as well. Uh, what was it like playing with Travis Kelsey on that team? Oh, it was great. I, I tell people all the time, Travis Travis was recruited as a, a, a quarterback to Cincinnati. Wow. And, you know, thankfully that, that I had the job, they moved Travis to tight end. So, you know, if Travis would have beat me out, who knows where he's playing right now. So I, uh, right. I, I give Travis uh, a little bit of nudge all the time that I started his tight end career at UC. But, no, you, you saw from day one just the, the type of athlete Travis was. And, and as soon as it all clicked for him, and you, you knew he was going to be great. And uh, unfortunately for me, I just got to see the glimpse of that during that 2009 season. And then he exploded in the years after that. And, uh, man, he's an all-decade player. I don't know what else you can say about him. He, he's one of the best to play football in the last decade. And, uh, and, and he's a Bearcat. That's a pretty cool thing. Absolutely. You, you, I don't when you when you watch him play, do you feel like you have, like, like a weird connection or not even a weird connection, but like, as you're watching them, like, and you could sit there and tell like your family, like I was with this guy every day. And then you're like watching them win like a Super Bowl. Like that's yeah. gotta be a crazy feeling. It's, it's just, it's weird because when you watch someone on TV, you just see the game stuff. You don't see the two a days, the morning conditioning, the weightlifting and those times in meetings where you really spend the most time with those guys and, and you really learn who those guys are. So for me, to sit back and watch Travis's success was no surprise because I saw it at practice and I saw it every day. Um, but man, it's to me, it's weird watching the Kelsey brothers because I got to play with both of them. Yeah, uh, Travis, Travis came in as a quarterback and now he's the best tight end in football. Jason Kelsey was a walk on linebacker, wow. and he was one of the highest paid centers in football. So they couldn't be as far as Travis is there, or Travis is this like outgoing. He had the re reality dating show, everything like that. And <laughs> Jason's got the big beard and everything going on. So it, you couldn't you you couldn't have a better family to represent Cincinnati and, and themselves better than the Kelseys. Speaking of beard, hold on, let's go off topic for a second here. <laughs> I don't know if many people have seen you. I've seen you over the years and stuff, and this is the sweetest beard I think I've ever seen you wear. <laughs> and I want to know. The people want to know, 
Do you have any products that you recommend for a young man such as myself man. that might be looking to get a little more grizzly? I, I've never put a product in my beard. I've never had it grow this long. What actually happened was my wife Do you exfoliate? I, no. Don't do any of that. <laughs> okay. My, my wife and I went to <laughs> Dallas right before this quarantine broke out and, and the shelter in place broke out. We, we literally had to fly home earlier because of everything that was happening. And somewhere between packing to come home and getting home, I lost my razor and I lost my, my electric uh, razor. So instead of going and buying a new one, I'm sheltering in place. And uh, I'm going to see how long I can get this before the uh, this ban is lifted. Someone in the chat said you look like Tom Selleck. Well, whatever. I'll, I'll take anything at this point. I don't know if that's a big compliment. Like 10 years ago, that would have been like right. super, super awesome. I don't know if that's yeah, the greatest more one. Relevant. Hey, just to just to really back to the draft, you know, when I first contacted you, it was this post. The reason why I reached out to you, too, is there was this post that you had where and I don't know if you reposted or what, but it, it was going over a scenario with the Panthers or uh, was that? Yeah, it was like Cam Newton on a trade. Like currently right now, there's a scenario yeah. going on right now where we could still go get Cam Newton and go get like, do, do you like would you entertain the idea of? Moving out of this pick, if it came with a king's ransom on that on this pick, king's ransom that that that'd be the only thing I do. And and because of the factors that go into that, because I don't know what this football season is going to look like. If if I draft a franchise quarterback number one overall, I want as much time with him as possible before the season. I want to get I want to get him in the system. I want to get him into the playbook. I want to surround him with the right type of. And when I say king's ransom, I'm staying. If Miami comes at me and gives me four first-round picks, if they give me four, that's their number. Yeah, give me give me four. Give me all three this year, and give me your first one in twenty twenty-one, and and I'll listen. Because if you rewind to midway midway uh, into last season, what was the talk for the Bengals? Tank for Tua, right? Tank for Mm -hmm. Tua, and then it changed because Tua went down. And I'm not saying Tua is the guy. I'm saying, but but Tua consistently for, for two years was a really good quarterback. I know there's the injury concerns. I would listen. I would certainly entertain it. But at this point, I, I, I still think I'm, I'm going with, with Joe Burrow. I, I, don't, I don't know enough, enough about Cam Newton physically. I can't do a physical with him. So I don't know what that would look like. I can't, I right. can't do a physical with Tua Tagovailoa. I don't know what that would look like. I know what Joe Burrow looks like. I got to meet Joe Burrow at the Combine with Mike Brown sitting in the main brass was there. So with all that being said, I look at it this way. If, if the Dolphins were willing to give up four first-round picks for Joe Burrow, wouldn't that make you second-guess how elite Joe Burrow is if they could still have two? That's what I thought. Another so thing I look at is the history of our first-round picks. Like, our, our last first-round picks, like, just given not, – not that I, I second-guess a lot of those guys. It's just – it just shows people or gives people the illustration that there is room for error. Even if you have first-round picks, it doesn't mean that just because you're stockpiling these picks that it's going to change the, the franchise around. Right. Unlike what I, I – on, on here, I preach quarterback, 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 quarterback. And so for years, I've just been screaming, get a quarterback. But I, I'm with you. I would entertain the offer. But given the history of just injuries with this franchise, with their, their picks, or just given the history, just how I, how I look at things, these are all prospects. So just because you stockpile it right. doesn't mean that it changes the, 
the fate of the franchise. And that's one thing that I, I, I want to express to a lot of people listening, I guess, that well, say, yeah. A lot of people well, say, hell yeah, you do it. Four first? Right. No question. Right. Well, you, you put it to this right here. If you draft Joe Burrow and he doesn't pan out, could you sleep with that saying, you know what, we drafted the best guy available? What if you what if you pass on Joe Burrow and get those four first rounders, but two and never pans out and Joe Burrow's an all pro? It's a lot right. of, it's a lot easier to sleep at night if you draft Joe Burrow and things just don't work out. Because you right. had to draft him. If, yeah. exactly. if you go out on that limb, you better be sure that limb is strong. Because if you pass on Joe Burrow number one overall, or you give up that number one overall pick, then you got a lot more questions to answer for. And, that, and to your point, I think we, we, we failed to mention the Joe Burrow aspect, and I know you're on this during the season. What the Bengals have done with Andy Dalton right now is criminal. They, right. they, should, have traded, they should have traded Andy Dalton after London last year, and then right. they come out and they say, we want to do what's best for Andy Dalton, when it should have been, let's do what's best for our franchise, because now exactly. you're going to lose Andy Dalton for nothing. Right. Because no team's right. going to give up anything when you're going to you're going to release them and they can sign them for a lot less. So, the Bengals have a lot of questions. I mean, not only if you draft Joe Burrow, are you comfortable with that quarterback room next year as Joe Burrow and Ryan Finley? Right. I have another question for you, Tony. We kind of talked about Joe Burrow and Tua. There's a third quarterback in that race as well that a lot of people have been talking about. Some people believe that he could actually go before Tua, and that's Justin Herbert. Uh, you have an insight at the quarterback position. What do you what do you say? I guess is the difference between a guy like a uh, Justin Herbert versus a Burrow and a Tua. Is the gap really that wide, or do you think that he has some tools where he could potentially be one of the top quarterbacks of that class? I think Justin Herbert certainly has the tools, but I go back to the first game last year against Auburn. Justin Herbert would have been the number one overall pick a year ago. And he went back to school for the exact situation that he was in against Auburn, and he didn't get the job done. He didn't make the plays when his team needed it the most. Right. I just, I, I can't, I can't go back and I can't trust that with my number one overall pick. Right. Do I think he can pan out? Yes. Does he have a strong arm? Yes. But he made decisions all throughout the season that were questionable on so many levels. And again, when you put your foot in the ground, and you say, "I'm going back to school." You better go back to school and win. You better right. not come up short. And he came up short too many times. And, again, I, I know, well, the Bengals got to coach him at the Senior Bowl, and I get all that. But I mean, you're, you're looking at a guy in Joe Burrow that that set every record possible for a season at the quarterback position. Right. National title, Heisman, all the yards, all the touchdowns. That's not Ran a fluke. The SEC. The SEC. It's not a fluke. Man. Thank you so much. I'm glad that we got that out there. I feel the same exact way. I just wanted to make sure that it was known from a man who has played the position himself. Well, well Maurice Jones-Drew came out the other day and, and said the Bengals are going to take Justin Herbert number one. And I'm like, what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> I thought, yeah, I posted that just for pure humor. I, I posted that myself. Um, somebody in the chat earlier and said, why does it say Jim Norris? Inside joke. Three years ago, I used to call in when I first met James Rapine. I used to call into the show like you wouldn't believe. I don't even know if Tony even remembers this. But I finally got on one day, and I said, Tony, you're like the Chuck Norris of football. <laughs> and everybody kind of was like, I was in a room with people, too, and then I don't know. And then I, I, don't, I, could, I, I couldn't imagine what your faces were on the other side. 
Uh, but everybody's probably looking like, what in the hell is going on? But I was like, yeah, because it was just smooth listening. And I, and I listened to a lot of talk radio. So if you are in the Cincinnati area, if you have a way to get on iHeartRadio, if you can get the ESPN and just check them out, like he is one of the, the greatest listens. And I'm not just saying that just because you're on our show today, but he's always been like a very unique voice and he has an inside track on stuff. And I just think it's awesome that he's here today. Do you have anything else that you want to tell the people that, uh, from the anything from an expecta- expectation standpoint or anything that you, you're thinking um, that you just want to get off your chest about the Bengals this year? I know you just said you you kind of talked about Dalton a little bit. Um, yep. There's some angles on there. I mean, the fourth round pick that they're, 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 they're rumored to pass up on, you know, like I think about that every day. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're essentially going to let Andy Dalton walk. Here's Here's what I'll say, and here's what I what I what I tell the people that ask me about the Bengals all the time right now. Look at the Bengals division right now. If you look at the AFC right now, and you look at division talent, there's arguably three of the top eight teams in the whole AFC are in the AFC North. The Browns are super talented on that roster. Yeah. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens added Calais Campbell right. to a really good defense. The Steelers yeah. are getting Ben Roethlisberger back. The Steelers are making moves. You cannot just this upcoming season on a number of wins. What you need to do, if you, if, if you want to see if this season is successful coming up, then at the end of the year, you should feel good about the chances in 2021. That, that's my thought. If, if at the end of next year in football, we're saying, you know what, the Bengals are going to be a force to be reckoned with, the building blocks are in place, then I think the Bengals have been successful this year. If we're, if we're coming out of next year and we're saying, man, Burrow didn't play very well and AJ Green looked lumber look 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 hurt most of the season. And you know, is there gonna be a Joe Mixon holdout? And there's all these questions, then you start to worry. But don't judge this year's success strictly on wins and losses. Uh judge it by by the team that's out there because they're they've they've at least listened this offseason. Right. They've yeah. listened, they've spent money in free agency, whether you agree with the signings or whether you don't. They've spent money. I I'd, I'd, I'd still like to see them be active in the trade market and try to make a splash for a proven guy on the offensive line. And now the, the next box to check right now is the draft. How does this team handle the draft? Do they change the way they've done it for so many years? And um, with, with all of those things mixed in, look towards the end of next year and see if, see if we're in a spot to compete for the playoffs in 2021, and I think that'll be successful. All right. You heard it from the man himself. Uh it's been a pleasure, man. You've been so gracious with your time. I really, really appreciate you coming on there. Once again, everybody, this is Tony Pike, the Cincy legend. I'm so happy to have this done. Um, this is the Orange is the New Black podcast. Anything, Ace, that you want to say to close this out? Uh, no, man. Just want to say, Tony, thanks again for coming on and uh, doing this with us, talking football. Definitely um, great to have you on. Reading legend, uh, UC legend, uh, even played in the NFL as well. So great to have you give some of that feedback and give us some of that perspective. And hopefully we can do this in the future as well. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. We got to do this again, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, because, so we're looking at Cincy 360 now. So when I call you guys to have to appear on the show... Tell me. Because yeah, now you you're gonna return the favor, so we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Got you, got you all day. You're gonna we'll, we'll cross paths. I've been talking to yeah. James a lot lately too, so don't 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 be surprised if you see us around like pretty soon. Let's get Perfect. past the, let's get past the virus and and get That's ourselves so. healthy. Everybody, wash their hands and let's get back out there and let's play some football. Love it. Appreciate it, fellas.
All, All right, right. Man. thank you. you. Guys have been listening to the Orange Is the New Black podcast. We'll leave you guys with a hootay. Hootay. <laughs>